This is Mike Cohen, and I never listen to None Taken. Yes, I have a question for you. Okay, do tell. Um, What celebrity... Are you familiar with the Me Too movement, Alan? Of course. Okay. Uh, What celebrity that hasn't been Me Too'd, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, a male celebrity that has not been Me Too'd, that you'd never imagine being Me Too'd, that you would secretly want to hear that they got me too. That like there was like who who what celebrity like it's Mr. Clean that hasn't been me too. Didn't you know have a big surprise that you secretly wish would because I guess you hate them. I don't know. Wow, I don't know that I harbor that much hate in my heart, Dustin. Um, hmm. uh, wow. Hmm. Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like uh God, I feel like he did or something. Did he? No. I don't really hate I don't him. I just that was well, like okay. He said he had like um what mouth cancer from eating too much pussy. Wait, did he say that? Yeah. And it's like I, I don't think that's how you get it. Also, like, what are you saying about your wife, Catherine Zeta Jones? Which, how dare you talk about her like that? I am not aware of this. I was just thinking, like, a guy that you would imagine probably has been in some sticky situations. Do you want to hear my? Ew. Do you want to hear my uh, <laughs> my who I secretly wish? Please, Billy Crystal. <laughs> why? I don't know why. Should we hit record? Yeah, one, two, three. Two nice. All right, you ready? I am ready. Are you recording? Yes. <laughs> All right, well, you want to start a show? Let's start a show. That podcast is filling your head with garbage. I no offense taken there. Well, it sounds like none taken. Welcome to None Taken, the internet's only debate and current events show with your hosts Dustin and Alan, two political nomads from two different worlds. Shout out to Reverend Peyton's big damn band for the use of their song Ways and Means for intro music. Thank you for joining us. At the time of this recording, it's Tuesday, May 17th, 2022. I nailed it. It's a great day for America. Indeed. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. And Alan is back in the San Francisco Bay Area. We are here recapping another week of current events and sharing way too much of our tragic personal life. I've got like 31 pieces of audio for this week's sound show. Please subscribe right now wherever you're listening to this. You know we don't have an advertising budget. Y'all are our ads. Please spread the word. Give us a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. Don't forget, you can do it on Spotify. You can do it on both. If you have both <laughs> iPhone users. Uh, you can find None Taken on all the major social media apps. Sorry, True Social. If you'd like to help us out financially, look for the little zebra and the None Taken logo over on Venmo. Chip in what you think is fair. Be like Slick It's Digital for all your SEO and marketing needs. Hell yeah. Alan, what is up? What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Man, I haven't been here in like two weeks. This feels, it, uh, it's, it's nice to be back, you guys. It's weird, but I've also seen you since then, which, yeah. <laughs> like, it's very weird, very strange occurrences. 
Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I had a bit of a rough go of it the last uh, few weeks since I've joined you last. Uh, man, I, I got a very bad case of the shingles that kind of just knocked me the fuck out. I've uh, had more interactions with the healthcare industry in the last three weeks than I have in my entire adult oh life. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of it, to be honest. Of shingles you. or the healthcare industry? Both. Yeah. Both. Yeah. But uh, here I am. I am back. I am not 100%. I am coming to you with an eye half closed right now. <laughs> <laughs> Alan um, left eye Lopez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but here I am. Dude, I uh, had a great time seeing you last week. Yeah, leading it was really to, fun having you here. Yeah, leading up to that trip, though, man, I was not at all certain I was going to be able to make that flight or, yeah. or make the trip at all. It was pretty touch and go, like right up until the day before I was going to come over there. Um, but fortunately we were able to make it work. I was, I was in good enough health to make the flight and, uh, be able to hang out. So that was awesome. We had a great time with you and Natasha really happy. I was able to get out there. Yeah, man, it was great having you here. We were like, yeah, we were, we were like, I guess we'll go to fucking like, uh, pigeon forge. If Alan doesn't come out, I don't know. We'll go out into the Smokies somewhere. Yeah, but we had a lot of fun. We got to Dude. go to a lot of cool places in, in Tennessee there. See a lot of places you talked about on the show I was able to actually visit. Like yeah. Never, never. You got to go to Roberts, Never Never. You got to see yeah. Broadway. We refused to go out there while it was crazy. I know you went back out Sunday night. That's bananas. But how uh, how really. wild was it on a Sunday? We didn't really actually go there. To, you, but we went to, you were at Acme. We went to, uh, we, well, okay. We did walk by Acme. Yes. But it, it was actually pretty quiet. Oh, nice. I just went to Acme to go up to the top to see what the view was like. Ah, uh, I, you uh, know, I haven't been there. The view's nice, yeah. man. You see the whole river, nice. Nissan stadium. Nice. Um, yeah, the view's beautiful, but we just went up there just for a few minutes just to check it out. That's cool. Back. It was actually pretty quiet Sunday night. I think people were getting out of town. So, oh, okay. How was your whiskey tasting? It was good. It was good. That place was really cool. It's, uh, hard to find sort of a hidden little corner there like if you we, we walked by it like three times before we what's it called patterson house patterson house okay i'll check it out yeah they have a bunch of rules which i wasn't even aware of bef- until afterwards oh. but there's all kinds of rules for like you're not allowed to stand up while you're there or approach other people at the bar huh? or stand all these... up yeah yeah what do you do uh, crawl it's a very <laughs> you know you have to sit um oh. it, it feels like you're in a speakeasy kind of okay well yeah there's a lot of rules yeah, very, very old school, and they have all kinds of just crazy wild cocktails. That's cool. Um, dark, fun little space. Okay, yeah, well, I'll it try out. it out, but you're not selling me with these rules. Dude, Skip the oysters. Yeah, they like weren't oysters. good, but get the oysters. cheese board. Cheese board is good. Right. I like cheese, and I don't like oysters, so that's easy for me. There Dude, you, you were here. Let's talk about I some was... of the shit we did. First of okay. all, you said you had some wild Uber drives, and I was just like, Dump, <laughs> save it for the show. Tell me about it on the show. Yeah, I mean, I... I, I do like to interact with people generally, and, and Uber drivers are often fun to interact with. Um, I had a couple of, of really uh, fun ones to interact with when I was out there. This one guy, we start going, and he has a podcast on, and it's not a good podcast. Like, he just doesn't turn it down? Like, he's just doesn't, like... No, full, full blast, weird. full volume. That's weird. And it's like some guy I don't guy like listening talk- to people's music. I know, that's weird, right? Who yeah. does that? So it's this podcast about like relationship advice or something. And so I'm listening for like, I don't know, 30 seconds. And I'm like, fuck, either I'm going to ask this guy to turn off his podcast or I'm going to get him talking enough to he's going to turn off uh-huh. himself. So he just starts talking. So I'm like, all right, well, let's go with the letter. So I just start asking him questions. You know, where are you from? How long you been here? That kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Right. Just basic shit. And this guy 
it just opens up and opens up like this onion that won't stop opening. <laughs> like a blooming uh, onion. Like it's been yeah, fried. And yeah. Fried. So he's like, I've been here three weeks. I was like, oh, where'd you come from? Ohio. Okay, cool. How'd Ew. you get up here? He's like, I got divorced. I was like, oh, <laughs> you, you got divorced? How long ago did you get divorced? Three weeks ago. Wait, oh. you got divorced three weeks ago? Oh. He's like, yeah. I was like, oh, tell me about that. I was like, uh, do you have any kids together? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, we have one, a two-year-old. She got it. And I was like, okay, well, what happened? So he starts telling me about the stuff, and he's like, well, she had five kids before I got with her. Oh. And I'm like, okay. Oh, God. And then he's like, and each of the five was from a different dude. <laughs> oh, like, shit. Wow. I'm like, I'm like, bro, have you heard of a red flag? Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I don't know. It seemed good. Uh, and then he's like, yeah, so she cheated on me, so I left. I'm shocked. And, yeah, shocking, right? Yeah. He's like, so I was I was driving here, but I was actually on my way to, I think he was going to Alabama or something. It's a banjo on his knee. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I hit a pothole. Oh, fucked- Nashville potholes. <laughs> and I got a flat tire. Wait, that wasn't like a metaphor? No, I don't think so. Oh, my God. So he got a flat tire and then just stayed in Nashville. Yeah. And he said something about he got a sledgehammer out to fix the wheel. I didn't ask questions about that. I wasn't probing deeper there. Wow. But I was like, okay. I was like, what'd you do before, you know, for Uber? He's like, I was a video game tester. And I was like, oh, really? Well, how's that work? something you can talk about. Sure. And he goes, well, I responded to an Instagram ad. Oh, God. And I was like, well, did you have like any previous experience you have some skills or you you know play you know gamer like yeah yeah no no okay how does that work well they sent me a laptop and i just got to play video games and i'm like at this point i'm like i don't think that's how that works no okay so i'm starting to not believe this guy anymore and Uh, he's like obviously like uh, like i'm I'm sure this wasn't like a gripping storyteller like i feel like mbd and and my friend from arizona both were pretty riveted at uh, this point they were they were into it but i just kept asking this dude questions just like peppering with questions and he just kept answering and it kept getting wilder and wilder. was the podcast still playing no no he He turned turned it it down which i I was like yes mission accomplished uh so yeah we just talked i just talked to the dude for like 10 minutes and and he said all kinds of wild crazy shit uh including that the uh the podcast he was listening to <laughs> the uh the host had died like a couple days prior and he what was just fuck? listening to it what the fuck <laughs> i don't know dude that's it so was, random it was uh quite a ride wow but it was better than listening to his podcast for 10 yeah minutes. yeah no shit about what was the podcast about relationship advice <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Yeah, so, he, oh he god! Really needed it, but, uh, and he thinks that other people want to get into a car and listen to that. I, I, I guess. Wow, I don't know, dude. That breakfast yeah. was our place. Was pretty great, right? Oh my Natasha's god, Natasha's such a good cook. I think I think I eat kale. I don't even know. You don't like eating kale? No. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, she but makes I like that anything kale. taste good, right? I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, smoked that tri-tip. We had that for dinner, leftovers for breakfast with uh, however Natasha used her black magic. And I made my bacon with uh, brown oh, sugar. Yeah, yeah that was, oh, that shit was, uh, was so much fun. I enjoyed that. That tri tip was amazing. Too. Yeah, that tri tip was good. I overcooked it like two degrees, but it was fine. It was uh, fine. It was still very tender. Uh, first one on the grill, though. So, you know, it's a process, right? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So I only had one thing that I thought was kind of funny worth sharing on the show. When one of the times when we were out, I was in the bathroom, and these two things happened while I was in the bathroom. This guy started watching the scene in Borat where he asked for the pussy uh-huh. magnet. 
on the car. Right. He just starts uh, watching that on his phone while he's at the urinal and laughing about it. Like it was the first time he'd ever seen it. Like somebody sent that to him and he's like, I guess I'll just watch this new video for me. Wow. Uh, well, well, we will. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And like he finished, I finished, I went and uh, I jerked Wait, him finished? off. Yeah. I jerked him off. Phrasing. And, uh, so I'm washing my hands, you know, gotta get it off my hands. Sure. And another guy comes in to go to the bathroom and the sink's, situated just so that the mirror while I'm washing my hands is facing the back of the person in the urinals. Right. Um, and I just see this guy standing like this with hands at a, hands on his hips <laughs> and I can hear him peeing and he's just, you know, hands on his hips, not, not touching anything, just letting the piss go like straight down, whatever. And like, power move. you can do that in a urinal. Like it's totally fine. But like, why, who fucking does that? Like <laughs> hold on to your dick. Like what the fuck? <laughs> Oh, good times. Yeah. Well, it was great having you out here, man. It was really fun. Dude, Nashville is awesome. I I would I definitely want to visit again when I'm like You guys missed out on the lake. Yeah, like you didn't get to do any of the outside stuff, uh which I get it. Like, you know, you were like borderline on your uh uh Oh, yeah. Like I I had to pace myself. I couldn't really go as hard as I normally would at all. Yeah, but come back out. Uh, we'll get a boat or we'll go down on oh, uh, dude. The, the, the waterfalls and stuff. And yeah. Yeah, Not I was all... talking to uh, to my friend from Arizona and I was like, we got to go back when I'm like 100% health. Hell yeah. That's, uh, that's so much fun. Well, I, my brother called me my last night I was there and he was like, tell me about it. And I was like, you know what Vegas is like? And he's like, yeah. I was like, fuck Vegas. Go to Nashville. It's 100 <laughs> times better. Yeah, because it's not as... it's. I mean, it's got a different type of trash out here, but it's not as... Uh... Dude, it's so much fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not big into gambling, so I guess yeah, we don't really have that, right? I don't think there's gambling. No, but like the just the, the nightlife and the, yeah. the scene and the whole... Yeah. It's just so much fun. Yeah, yep. Yeah, it's a blast. Well, I'm glad yeah. you had a good time, dude. Uh, yeah. You want me to start playing some of these comedy clips? Yeah, let's, so let's do it. So this is just a clip from a movie that I watched this week. Uh, well, I guess I'll talk about it when we get into our uh, what we've been consuming. But uh, I watched Senior Year starring Rebel Wilson... Um, and there's a clip that it sounds like it might as well have come from none taken. Oh yeah. So the premise is she went into a coma 20 years ago and came out of it and she's, you know, getting acclimated to what's different in the world. What does viral mean? Well, viral just means everybody saw it. Everybody's seen that. I look retarded in those videos. No, Steph, you, you <laughs> cannot say the R word anymore. What? Really? Why? Mm -hmm. Because it's offensive to people with intellectual disabilities. But what if something really is like, uh, word our word um, what do you call it like super gay no <laughs> you can't call things gay anymore either unless you use it as a neutral positive term to refer to somebody who identifies as homosexual so you cannot say the r word right and um oh sorry coma brain what was the other word you can't say gay ha made you say it <laughs> <laughs> the, you know the movie wasn't that good i gotta say i mean i'll save it for my review but um by the That's end a funny clip that was a pretty good clip by the <clears> end of the movie it, it's like i didn't hate that i watched the whole thing whereas like usually with bad movies you're just like fuck me how did i spend this much time on something but there was times midway through it was like why am i still here um mm. but yeah don't recommend it but it's on netflix it's free why don't chinese well, kids believe in santa claus because they make the toys Oh, oh god it's a child labor joke it's not uh <laughs> it's not a, it's not a racist joke it's about child labor and the guy doing it was some kind of asian i felt comfortable playing that mm. should i move on 
We should move we on. We should move on. Okay, fine. <laughs> I, I recently made the mistake of telling my friends I'm, I'm bisexual. Paul sent this in. Paul DeBecker played him a few times here. Uh, he's that maniac that has sent. I, he sent me a video saying, um, "You know how you're supposed to." They say you have your personal carry gun so you can get back to your truck gun, and he pulls a oh, blanket yeah. back, and it's like a fucking machine gun. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Uh, I remember this. Yeah, so he's like, yeah, this is my buddy doing uh, stand-up at like a kind of small place. I, I recently made the mistake of telling my friends I'm, I'm bisexual, uh, but the mistake wasn't telling my friends that they're very loving and, and accepting people. Uh, the mistake was, I'm not bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As it would turn out, some drugs just make me do super gay shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> comfortable on stage <laughs> yeah it sounds like it <laughs> uh yeah sent, listeners keep sending them in i had too many clips to choose from and then by the time the show came around i just had these most recent ones that i put in uh but i've really enjoyed getting the clips sent in from the listeners and even cool. and, and alan alan also sends clips in um, <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to how about that. Uh, first, first audio under how about that. A scary moment in uh, in flight here. Uh, not the best audio either, but I don't. I you just flew cross country. I I hate flying. Um, so this spoke to me. I've got a serious situation here about pilot. I have a serious situation here. My pilot's gone incoherent, and I have no idea how to fly the airplane. <laughs> Yeah, this is like a twin engine, like a Cessna. Or yeah, yeah, like you that. saw it, yeah. right? Yeah, so maybe yeah. he was on like um, uh, fl- fl- flight lessons. Hello. So yeah, yeah. maybe flight lessons and the pilot passed out. I didn't see more about it, but. I didn't have a part of your point. Try to hold the wings level and see if you can start uh, descending for me. Did you say the passengers landed the airplane? That's correct. Oh my god! Yeah, no. No, great job. Shut the fuck up, air traffic <laughs> control. I don't need to hear that. I, you know, when I um, that reminds me. Uh, I think it's Kale Yarbrough. That's uh, the old uh, race car driver, right? Sounds right. Yeah. Him and another car race car driver. Um, they lived here in the Nashville area and, um, they had what, you know, when you live in Tennessee and you have a lot of money and you already have boats, you eventually you buy a plane. So they bought a plane and they, uh, they both took off assuming that the other person knew how to land. Oh no. <laughs> they just <laughs> circled and kept like doing like touch and goes until they like felt like they could handle it. And they finally landed. And, uh, the next day Yarbrough went back out there and just practiced landing all fucking day. Cause that's apparently how you got your pilot's license in the eighties. in Tennessee. Nice. Yeah. Uh, another little throwback, uh, in time. This is Steve jobs talking about the dairy industry. The dairy sorry. industry tried for 20 years to convince you that milk was good for you a lie but they tried anyway Did he say milk i think he said milk convince you that milk was good for you ew he says milk milk was this good isn't... for you 
doesn't sound okay. It actually does sound like Steve Jobs. It's not the best. It's not the best audio, but this is old Steve Jobs. This is like 1994 Steve Jobs. Got it. Or 95, whenever they got milk. He would be angry about milk. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what? Vegetarian didn't like showers because he thought that his diet made him not stink. The dairy industry tried for 20 years to convince you that milk was good for you. It's a lie, but they tried anyway. And (laughs) the sales were going like this. And then they tried Got Milk, and the sales have gone like this. Got Milk doesn't even talk about the product. Matter of fact, it focuses on the absence I, of the I product. I love that about him. Like, he's so upset. He's like, it doesn't even talk about the product. He talks about the opposite <laughs> of the product. Like, you know, I never thought about it that way, actually. <laughs> they just put that jizz all over celebrities' lips, and, you know, I'm going to go buy some milk at the store. Steve Jobs, media critic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Noam Chomsky. Mm. We should, oh, <laughs> we should try to, you know what? I might need to mix them up. I'm running out of Teddy quotes. That's the problem. We can do Steve Jobs versus Noam Chomsky quotes. Yeah, right? it's just not as funny as Ted, Ted ah, Kaczynski, but I, you know what? I might have to, yeah. Um, Alan, guess what this is from? Actually, I think you'll, you can tell by the voices what this is from, but uh, I, I can't believe we live in the timeline where this old clip is now just normal life. I want to be a woman. From now on, I want you all to call me Loretta. What? It's my right as a man. Well, why do you want to be Loretta, Stan? I want to have babies. You want to have babies? Do you recognise the voices? Every man's right to have babies if he wants them. But you can't have babies. Don't you oppress me. I'm not oppressing you, Stan. Sounds like like Monty Python. It is. It's Life of Brian. Okay. (laughs) Where's the fetus going to gestate? You're going to keep it in a box? That's John Cleese. Here, I've got an idea. Suppose you agree that he can't actually have babies, not having a womb, which is nobody's fault, not even the Romans. Not even the Romans. But that he can have the right to have babies. Good idea, Judith. We shall fight the oppressors for your right to have babies, brother. Sister. (laughs) What's the point? Misgendered. What? What's the point of fighting for his right to have babies when he can't have babies? It is symbolic of our struggle against (laughs) oppression. Dude. Symbolic of his struggle against reality. They have a time machine? I, right? Like, I, we live in the world where, where <laughs> like, Bonnie Python is just real life. Like, I, I've been saying it wrong. I've been saying we live in a Coen Brothers movie, but we live in, a, we live in the life it's of Brian. Monty Python. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, okay, well, that's how about that. Uh, I've got a, a, a very heavy Isn't That Something segment. Oh. This sack that's holding all the Isn't That Something sounds is very yeah. full. And if, you, if you're okay, I'm going to unload some of this on you. Please do. All right. Yeah. It looks, um, it looks uncomfortable. Yeah, well, this is a clip about gardening. Hmm. Tomorrow. This is a Philly News anchor, and it, uh, it also reminds me of Ken Jennings. Is World Naked Gardening Day? I need to know. Is there a naked gardening club in Philly? Mike would like to join. Yeah, I'd like to see the hose and the rakes and trowels. Oh, spicy. All the equipment they use. No, you know, you know what a trowel is. He just keeps digging. Get it? My heart stopped for a second. <laughs> no. That was 100% yeah, intentional. And cleared through exactly. legal, I'm yeah, sure. That's what, that's... Mulch, fertilizer. <laughs> It reminded me of this guy. Tool time for 200. This term for a long-handled gardening tool can also mean an immoral pleasure seeker. Ken. What's a hoe? No. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. Uh, Whoa. 
what was the real answer to that? Uh, it was uh, the, they the, teach the, you that in school in Utah, huh? At, all right. What's a rake? A rake a is rake. right. Oh. Rake, an immoral pleasure seeker is a rake. That writer set that up. There's no way. Also, Ken Jennings was leading like twelve thousand to negative numbers on the uh, against those right, opponents. Right, right. He's like, I'll spend eight hundred dollars to make this joke. <laughs> <laughs> he says that he didn't do it on purpose, but I That's don't know. Uh, so this is a news clip about uh, this uh, a sweet little old lady who is splitting her lottery ticket with her grandson. Aww. I'm joking. This is about them arguing over it. After Barb Reddick and her nephew Tyrone McGinnis nephew. picked up their big win, $1.2 million chase the ace jackpot. But it didn't take long for things to turn sour when both were handed separate checks for $600,000. Chase the ace winners is going to court. I'm taking them to court. It was my ticket. Seven. Oh, wow. I, bought, I bought the ticket. And now he's trying to lie and say, we. I said split. I said split with the 50-50, not with no JCAs. I'm taking him to court. I'm getting my lawyer tomorrow. Both names were on the winning ticket. I put his name on the thing I told him for good luck. Okay, if you put his name on there for good luck and you win... Then, like, the person that's the good luck played some part in this, apparently. That's how that works. Right? Like, dude, I just, who does this to their seven year old nephew? Like, what a piece of shit. People that win lotteries. Yeah, that's true. You know who would do that? Ezra Miller would do that. Alan, who the fuck is Ezra Miller? I don't know. Neither did I until this story came out. I'll tell you on the other side of the clip. What did I do wrong? Guy in that bar declared himself as a Nazi. I have it on film, and he attacked me. Okay. Have you seen? This is the actor that plays the Flash in the DC universe. Okay. So he had a pretty successful last few years, and they were going to be making a movie about him. Like he was going to get his standalone. I feel like it's like halfway shot. Or, or like almost released, or maybe it fucking did release. I don't know. I don't pay attention to DC, but um, yeah, this is a fucking problem. See, I have it on film, and he attacked me. Okay, so I claim my Ninth Amendment rights okay. to not be unlawfully persecuted mm. for a crime of no designation, disorderly conduct being something I am unguilty of. I claim my. Fourth- I'm not guilty for spitting in someone's face, so that thrown out means I claim my Ninth Amendment rights. He moves on to other rights. Disorderly conduct being yeah. something I am unguilty of. <laughs> I claim my Fourth Amendment rights to not be searched and seized on no probable cause that you will not be able to offer in a court of law. This is like a reverse Juicy Smollett uh, yeah. thing happening. rights to not be searched yeah. and seized. Please juicy. do not touch my ring. It has to come off. Okay. I, I love that part. He's like, please do not touch my ring. It'll have to come off. They're taking it off. Okay. Like, that's this is the way, like, this really fucking matters to me. Oh, well, you, okay. Please do not touch my ring. It has to come off. Okay. <laughs> it's it's going to be right here, okay? Seizure. We're just letting you know it's going to be right Unlawfully, without probable cause, I claim my Fourth Amendment rights to not be unlawful. Hey, you just touched my penis. Please don't do that. <laughs> I'm not transgender, non-binary. I don't want to be searched by a man. Oh, God. I'm transgender, non-binary, and I don't want to be searched by a man. I claim my Fourth Amendment rights. Those are Nerf guns, just in case you worry that they're bullets. Those are Nerf guns, I think he said, just in case you think they're bullets. I don't know. Bullet guns? I'm not sure what, what he was going to say. That's when the clip cuts off. I know. I hate that. I hate knowing who that guy is. It feels like he practiced all that before. I, I played my Fourth Amendment right. 
There's uh, no way. Uh, yeah. Well, do you know what? It probably is because it's not the first time he's been arrested. This guy's like, <laughs> this guy's getting in trouble a lot. I uh, maybe I'm not supposed to say guy. They are getting in trouble, in trouble a lot. A lot. Okay. Yes. Don't misgender. I know. Okay. I did not mean to. Actually, I'm, okay. I'm not a hateful person. Good. Just it's unclear to me as to what I'm supposed to call this person. So they is fine. Um, uh, do you know what? Let's move on to someone that I revere a little bit more. I found this old clip of Ron Paul from the, I think this is the Oh four debate. Um, I think so here. Uh, so Wolf Blitzer tries to set him up with like, <laughs> uh, well, what would you say? Mr. Let everybody fucking die. Libertarian. Let me ask you this hypothetical question. A healthy 30-year-old young man has a good job, makes a good living, but decides, you know what, I'm not going to spend $200 or $300 a month to, for health insurance because I'm healthy, I don't need it. But, you know, something terrible happens. Uh, he, all of a sudden, he needs it. Who's going to pay for if he goes into a coma, well, for example? In a, in a who, society, who pays for that? In a society that you accept welfareism and socialism, he expects the government to take care well, of it. what do them. you want? But what he should do is whatever he wants to do and assume responsibility for himself. My advice to him would have a major medical policy, but not before. But he doesn't have that. He doesn't have it, and, he's, and he, needs, he needs intensive care for six months. Who pays? That's what freedom is all about, taking your own risk. This whole idea that you have to prepare and take care of everybody. But, Congressman, are you saying that society should just let him die? No. Okay, I really love this moment because Wolf Blitzer is being a total cunt, but the crowd <laughs> is like deranged. I don't know who these fucking lunatics are, but they're like, I know what he's saying. Fuck that guy. And then he's Let like, die. yeah, and then I, I love where this goes. I'd like to just point out that this clip started off with him saying he has a good paying job. He is elected not to have health care. And now he's like, I guess we should just let him die. It's like, he just told you the guy chose to do it this way. And he knew what he was doing when he made that choice. But okay. I practice medicine. Um, let me back up. The crowd... I, you should just let him die. No, I practice medicine um, before we had Medicaid in the early 1960s when I got out of medical school. I practiced at Santa Rosa Hospital in San Antonio and the churches took care of him. We never turned anybody away from the hospital. And we've given up on this whole concept that we might take care of ourselves and assume responsibility for ourselves, our neighbors, our friends, our churches would do it. This whole idea, that's the reason the cost is so high. The cost is so high, we cause a dumping on the government, becomes a bureaucracy, it becomes special interest, it kowtows to the insurance companies and the drug companies. Then on top of that, you have the inflation. The inflation devalues the dollar. We have lack of competition. There's no competition in medicine. Everybody's protected by, by licensing. We should actually legalize alternative health care, allow people to have, practice what they want. The guy was way too early for his time. Isn't, isn't like the whole saying we're going to use the church as the institution to solve this problem as opposed to government kind of a cop-out or not really i mean he's saying that like the community and mutual aid will step in and fulfill that role but there's a role that and 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 in our society at the time that he's referring to churches did that we're a more secular society now and there would be different vehicles for that there'd be gofundmes and things like that which kind of suck to to use but you know in his given example this is someone who is has a well-paying job and is choosing not to have health care and he's saying well he should have that choice you know to it and it, well he should have that choice to do that and secondly you know that 
the consequences downstream are the, res the, the result of making decisions like that. Right. Um, but I mean, think about everything he packed into well, the end there where he's talking I, about I, how like the, it becomes a liability or what it becomes, um, inflated due to government running it and, and, uh, and just the, the, the things that we've seen, you know, in our lifetime where, you know, things move into that sector and don't get ran very well. Uh, and then the cost goes up because of that, or, you know, what? St student loans, like the same thing we've seen with student loans have happened to healthcare as they get subsidized more. No, I understand. I, th I think that the sort of the personal responsibility aspect of libertarianism is something that I kind of, I get and, and to allow people to make their own choices, whether that is to, you know, take drugs or do whatever, but you have to take responsibility for your actions and ultimately the consequences. It, this one seems a little bit of a cop out to just say, well, yeah, I mean, the government's not going to be there for you, but there will be other institutions that are going to be your safety net. I, I don't, I don't know. That feels. But he was saying, well, okay, all right. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, I do, but I think that his point is that there's always been compassionate people that are not going to let that happen to everyone. Although I'm sure there's plenty of examples of that happening. So, um, you know, I mean, having a better society is something to work towards, but so far it hasn't been legislated into existence. <clears throat> We're also yeah, not guess, supposed to be racist the... anymore because of the Voting Rights Act and, you know, or the C Civil Rights Act. I mean, I certainly don't want a, well, I guess maybe that's interesting. Now. Right. You said that over the weekend and I remember you being like, they legislated away racism and I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, just like they legislated away. No, I was disagreeing sick. with like, that. Though. I know I I'm using that, that thought, that frame <laughs> in this context. Well, what I was going to say is I, I, I would, I would like people to have to be able to make their own choices. And I certainly don't want to force anybody to, you know, make what I or the government or, you know, whatever institution thinks is the best decision for themselves. And then I was thinking about the mandate from Obamacare. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, well, it's kind maybe. of the issue, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. Uh, well, and they wanted to make sure the insurance companies are still taken care of. So like, it's just, it's well, that's, that's always been the problem though, right? It's the right. for profit nature of it. So, okay. Um, let's move on from one failed presidential candidate to another. This is your <laughs> governor. Oh. You've been waiting for. I'm so sorry for the high pitch whine in this. Hopefully, the processing takes it out once I. Uh, I believe it's because he was at the French Laundry and uh, the, <laughs> the acoustics. Just a lot of feedback. Bit. Yeah. 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 You've been waiting for this surplus, projected operating surplus for the state of California uh, in the May revisions, just shy of 100 billion dollars. Simply without precedent, no other state in American history has ever experienced a surplus as large as this. In fact, this is actually significantly larger than last year's uh, operating surplus, around $75.6 billion. $75.6 was significant. That okay, I can't. The, the high pitch is killing my fucking ear holes. Um, yeah, what? So, Al, so, did you say $100 million surplus or $100 billion? Billion, but the B. Dude, if California's got a $100 billion surplus, where the fuck they get that money from? Like, it's not like they produce money. So they got it from people. They should be giving that back. It's from taxes. Okay. Um, and <laughs> so you're going to be like, hey, we operated at a $100 billion surplus of stealing your money. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've had a surplus the last few years. And a lot how, many, of just... how much did you get back for that? Zero. Okay. Um, so 
Actually, you have a note later, right? I, yeah, we talk. Why? Why we talk about it here? I mean, did, aren't they giving out four hundred dollars checks to? So there's a fighting the inflation to help fight inflation. I saw California's giving out four hundred dollars <laughs> checks. Yeah, and it's based on that's how really, inflation works. It's a really weird thing. It's based on it's based on uh, registered owners of vehicles. What? So you get like four hundred dollars per car that you own. What? So Jim, so Jay Leno's just like the richest guy in Hollywood again. Max, max two, dude. What? That's what Is I. Is this because I, of gas or what? I don't know. And it's still it hasn't passed anything. Oh, yet. good. It's okay, not, it hasn't happened, but it's potentially going to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, so because I think because of the pandemic, people interacting with each other less and going out into the world less that a lot of services that normally would have been used um, by Californians just haven't been. Um, and people aren't out there where, where those services would be used. And so they end up having extra money. $100 billion this year, $75 billion last. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, this is what they're planning. We've, we've had – California's budget's been all over the goddamn place in the last two decades. I mean, we've had crazy surpluses and also crazy shortfalls. I, I, I wish they would just fucking – dude, fix BART. Fucking fix our roads. Dude. Like, give me a refund. Right, I don't know. Right. Do something. Fucking uh, Paul, a listener I mentioned earlier, he was saying that a lot of that's from the pot revenue. And the best part is that they, is part they of it. can't put it in any banks. So there's like a couple of depots with a shitload of cash in them. And yeah. they're allegedly very poorly guarded. Well, there's I, a movie in that, right? There definitely is. They are working to fix that and to integrate the marijuana market more effectively into our economy. Mm. Um, a, a lot of dispensaries now will accept credit cards, which they definitely couldn't do yeah. you know, a year or two ago. Um, they're, they're working on that, but I think it's been kind of clumsily um, rolled out. But certainly there's a shit ton of money that's been store generated yeah. from that yeah. from that for sure yeah oh let's talk to another pre- uh, presidential hopeful uh this guy dave smith he's a comic but there's a lot of rumor that he'll run as a libertarian candidate um w- you know he does his own podcast where i honestly i feel like sometimes he makes um some logical fallacies but i'm sure i do too the he he is as he says the most consistent uh political person he's always saying the same things and nailing his points and every once in a while he goes on as a guest somewhere he just encapsulates a perfect like one minute dave smith rant and this is the most recent one of them theoretically if you made america the kind of benevolent good guys who some big country was trying to impose their will on some small country shouldn't we be the good guys in this fight kind of like mm. disinterested and yeah. come in and say hey no big guy you don't get to impose your will on the small guy perhaps in theory in reality we are the big guy who imposes our will on the small guy the greatest purveyor of violence in the world is the united states of america's federal government over the last 25 years in the 21st century there is no question you look at the hundreds of thousands if you add up the war in iraq in libya in syria in yemen Yemen. in somalia what we've done we're in the millions of innocent people who have been killed as a result of our wars perhaps we are not in the position to claim that we are the guy who stands up for the little guy being bullied by the big guy no that's not why we're on the side of ukraine that's not why we're on the side of hong kong that has nothing to do with any of it this is strategic interest from very interested people who are blood-soaked monsters who don't have anything to say about the (laughs) hundreds of thousands of people being slaughtered in yemen right now as babies starve to death in yemen that war in yemen 
could be ended with a phone call from the president of the United States telling Saudi Arabia we will not tolerate this war of genocide going on. And they don't pick up the phone call, the, the phone to make that call because they're benefiting from that partnership with Saudi Arabia. Mm. This is not okay, so, humanitarian so, so, so impulses do not we drive not U.S. foreign policy. We will. Uh, I mean, he hit all the points. Like he hit all the points in a minute and twenty seconds. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was listening to a. Um, a podcast with the counselor for Anthony Blinken, State, uh, Secretary of State, right? Abe Blinken. Yeah, I can't remember his name right now. Yeah. Anyways, he's his chief counselor. Were you gonna? You're going to his point about Ukraine because that was the one thing I kind of wanted to stop on too. Uh, well, so he, he's he starts talking about Ukraine, and uh-huh. then he's like, uh, you know, there are some countries that haven't really gotten on board yet with all the sanctions and all of this. Uh, you know, one of these countries is Vietnam. <laughs> Goes, That's so funny you said that. Okay, I can't wait to hear it. Okay, okay, he, okay. he goes, you know, Vietnam of all countries, you know, understands what it's like to be abused by, you know. Two a, superpowers a large... having a proxy war on their turf? Yeah. Is and that he what goes, he was like, saying? He goes, he goes, you know, Vietnam of all countries understands what it's like to be abused by a larger country. Like, obviously, we were one of them at one point. Oh, and I'm like, my God. Obviously. <laughs> It was so funny. Dude, but just think about this. Like, like we fought a proxy war with Russia before through Vietnam. And at the time, they didn't share a land border and were like 3,000 miles away. Russia is 3,000 miles away from the opposite border of Vietnam than we're fighting in. But now we're going to do the same fucking thing again in Ukraine on their border. Like, I... I mean, I, I, I think he's a little too cynical when he's like, you know, they're all murderers and they, well, not that part, but when he says that, uh, you know, nobody has good interests with what's going on in Iran. It's just or with Iran, with Ukraine. And it's just, you know, the, the military industrial complex pushing the whole thing. I have no doubt that they are, but I think that they are taking advantage of the fact that we have good intentions with what we want to see done in Ukraine. I think they can both be true uh, without being completely cynical. Yeah, no, I, I think I agree with that. When do you think that we absolve ourselves of our past uh, sins as a country? Like, I mean, we got to sober up for at least 21 days. Like we never go a year without a war. Like I couldn't answer that. Like, yeah. yeah, if we could stop being at war for one fucking minute, we could maybe, like, take a deep breath and, like, I don't know. Did you hear the clip I played with Natasha about uh, breaking out from a cult and, like, mind control? Yes. So, like, getting out, getting out into nature, like, finding what it is that you loved about yourself, like, you know, re-identifying with who you are. Um, yeah, I think we could go through a good soul search like that and we might be able to absolve ourselves of it, but we're just not interested, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess what what just pops in my head is, you know, I hear a lot of people talking about, you know, um, America's past 200, 300, 400 years ago, mm-hmm. whatever that was. And and some people are still living as if that's the present and that's who we are. Mm-hmm. And and there's a lot of pushback saying like, well, that was that's not us. That that wasn't. Yeah, that's that's that. not me or anyone I've ever known. Right. Like that's how and far then, away that is from anything that I've right. Can but then at the same time, we we still hold all of these other grudges that have been prior to us mm-hmm. as well. I don't I don't know how to mesh that. Well, I that. think as long as there's downstream effects from it, it's it's really hard. You know, it's like building a house without a level foundation. 
Like it really doesn't matter how many floors you go up. In fact, the more you do, the worse this gets. The worse it gets, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have an answer for that. Can I move on to something else that isn't answered? Okay. Uh, so once we think everything's fine, we've got this bullshit to listen to again. Uh, we haven't <laughs> talked about COVID in for fucking ever, Alan. Uh, mm. Here, let's let's do a COVID clip. I think a hundred million new infections is definitely possible when we look at what. What the fuck? Like, it's, that's that's how you start. She's on like CNN. I actually think I, think I heard this live. Yeah. I think 100 million new infections is definitely possible. When we look at what happened this past winter, during the Omicron surge alone, there were about half of Americans who got infected with Omicron in December and January. That's 165 million Americans. And so the difference, though, between last year and previous years and this coming year is that we have so many more tools. We have testing. We have vaccines. We have boosters. We have... All right, she goes on more and more and more. This would have been a more measured version, I think. Coronavirus is spreading. It is mutating. U.S. cases are still pretty low, but climbed more than 50% in the last two weeks. I think we're at like 90,000 a day again. Bill Gates said it was going to be okay. No good. What will the next few months look like in your mind? Good morning. First good morning. Of all, thank good you morning. for having me here. Um, yes. So indeed, first of all, take a step back. We're in a much better place than we have been throughout much of this pandemic, right? More than 200 million Americans vaccinated. Uh, hospitalizations are at their lowest in the entire pandemic uh, since March of 2020. I think I think that's ticked back up, but I don't know. Just I mean, we're getting conflicting reports. I think at the same time that that one that that I, that, that scare scare tactic one, uh, the CDC was like, "What the fuck? Like this does not mesh with what we're believing is happening and what we're communicating." Um, have you heard any pushback to that 100 million number? That sounded like just complete like bananas at the time. I haven't heard any pushback, but I do think <laughs> that people are tired of it. <laughs> yeah, and nobody's listening. And I mean, you were just on Broadway. I, yeah, I did. I did. I'm pretty sure I actually heard what that that clip that you uh, that you just played live, and I even rolled my eyes. I was like, okay, like, right. come on, yeah, like we're you know we have all the tools. We, they're they're, have- they're trying to be scary, and they're like, look, you don't understand. This new one is reinfecting people that already had COVID, and it's like, okay, well, sounds like they lived through it. Like, like this was like the virus that fucking kills everyone. And we had to be worried about it. It's like, okay, you're talking about being reinfected multiple times with something that you live through. Like, like I, I understand that the consequences of living through it might be something that you don't want to get either. But, um, I, I don't, you know, you're, you're sounding like you're, you're sounding very manipulative and trying to like, like that, that that's going to key in on the, the people that feel like you're trying to manipulate what people can do. Right. Based on the people that I know who've had COVID, I would take COVID over shingles in a heartbeat. So fuck, man, you heard it here first. Hot takes, Alan. Uh, let me move up to this. Uh, so I got a couple of clips. We didn't get to talk about the abortion topic at all. Like you're uh, like, I think you faked this whole thing. So you, so you're like, yeah, I just magically ha- missed. The get whole a woman on the show, thing. talk about abortions. Like, yeah, right, right. That was camp, my plan. The can't, but we're gonna still talk about it. So okay. this is. They tried to codify Roe, right? Like they 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 held a vote in the Senate to try yeah. to. Now it went through the House, right? Is that how it worked? Mm, all okay. I know is about the Senate. Okay. I'm not sure well, about this that. is the audio from the from the Senate, um, and they're on this vote. The yeas are forty nine. The nays fifty one. Three fifths of the senators duly chosen and sworn, not having voted in the affirmative, the motion is not agreed to. Sounds pretty upset. It's weird to remember that she's the president of the Senate, right? It is a little bit, yeah. Yeah. 
actually it took me a second to realize who that was yeah yeah it's old good old kamala uh, I have a great video of her. I have a great audio of her uh, after the half and we come back and make fun of the political left. But for now, let's stick on abortion as a topic. This is a uh, friend of the show, Ryan Ricketts' dad, Pete Ricketts, governor of Nebraska. Before I what? let you go, one uh, final question about Roe v. Wade. The Supreme Court appears poised to reverse that. Nebraska, your state, does not have a so-called trigger law on the books, but there was an effort, as you know, to pass one. It failed by only two votes. Uh, actually, Alan, what would you rather have, rickets or shingles? <laughs> rickets. Rickets? Yeah, yes. you don't even know, right? Like, who cares? I don't even know for? what that is, yeah. but I'll take it over shingles. <laughs> Fuck shingles. But there was an effort, as you know, to pass one. It failed by only two votes last month. The abortion ban that you tried to pass did not include any exceptions for rape or incest. So can you clarify, do you think that the state of Nebraska should require a young girl who was raped to carry that pregnancy to term? First of all, you got to love the question, right? Like that yeah. is like, all right, buddy, let's see, you know, do you have the courage of your convictions, if that's how it works? Carry that pregnancy to term? So Nebraska is a pro-life state. I believe life begins at conception, and those are babies too. So I believe life begins at arousal. If Roe versus Wade, which is a horrible constitutional decision, uh, gets overturned by the Supreme Court, which we're hopeful of, here in Nebraska, we're going to take further steps to protect those preborn babies. Including in the case of rape or incest? They're still babies, too, yes. They're still babies. If Roe is overruled and overturned, uh, will you call a special session right away to ban abortion in Nebraska? Well, if we do get that uh, Roe versus Wade overturned, we will take, I will work with our Speaker of the Legislature to work on a special session and uh, do more to protect preborn babies. We'll have to wait and see what that decision is before we can take further steps, but that would certainly be my intention. I don't care for that phrase, preborn babies. <laughs> I was thinking that, that those are babies, too, is like an intentional like oh, uh, yeah. tagline that yeah. he wants on his bumper sticker. Yeah. What the actual fuck? Yeah, yeah. Let's hear it, Alan. Come on, you got a couple. What of the weeks. actual? Yeah, those are babies too. Yeah. Okay. All right. So she that, got there's raped. a word for it. It's called a fetus. But yeah, yeah. She gets to have a half rapist baby. <sighs> right. Like that's what that means. Right. That's what that means. Okay. Uh, you I, asked me why I had sea turtles in a meme that I sent you. Yes, I do did. You want to make I fun of understand. the political right, and I can give you the sea turtle story. Please do. All right. I don't understand. I don't understand. Under this radical abortion bill an unhatched sea turtle i don't remember who this is this is uh, uh gop uh i think it's a member of the house and he's giving his a lecture on the house floor with a that image i sent you of a row of sea turtles on the top so it's a uh, a poster board right up on a on a on an easel and it's it's turned sideways and the top row of the of the poster board is filled with pictures of sea turtles and then i think in the middle it says life and then at the bottom there's a row of babies radical okay. abortion bill an unhatched sea turtle would have more protections than an unborn human baby if you look Ooh. at federal law if you were to take or destroy the eggs of a sea turtle now I said the eggs, not the hatchlings, that's also a penalty, but the eggs. The criminal penalties are severe, up to a $100,000 fine and a year in prison. Now why? 
Why we they're endangered species yeah, right, that we're yeah, not. Exactly. The eggs of a sea turtle or the eggs. You don't understand, and it'll come up later. <laughs> um, he thinks that they are uh, an endangered species. If uh, that's our second half topic, we're going to talk about replacement and all that nonsense. Oh, fine. Eagles. Okay. <laughs> because when you destroy an egg, you're killing a preborn baby sea turtle or a preborn baby eagle. Yet when it comes to a preborn human baby, rather than a sea turtle, that baby will be stripped of all protections in all 50 states. Yes, because I mean, there, look, there is a debate to have about whether or not that baby can be considered a preborn baby or a fetus living inside the mother or something less than that if it's earlier on in the, uh, what do you call that word, um, uh, fertilization phase of the egg. Um, there is zero debate as to whether or not the mother is a living sentient individual. And that to me is just where this becomes easy enough to just be like, look, I agree. There's two different conversations to have here. Let's make a mistake. Either way, you're going to be making a mistake in someone's eyes. Let's make that mistake on the side that gives people that I know are alive and sentient and in front of me, the most option, the, the most Liberty. Like, I mean, also if we're going to follow that line of debate, like, like uh, we protect sea turtle habitats can we like protect single mom habitats in chicago at the same time like is that a thing we can do yeah. like what the fuck bro where does it stop like are you so stupid i love that i never thought of that fuck yeah <laughs> what would those habitats be alan i i don't know like but i'm sure congress and, could work it out uh, okay yeah bachelorette yeah. parties well technically that's probably the opposite of a single mom <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on. I, You know what? I think this guy did it to himself. I take no pleasure in including this guy on the political right, but he moved himself there, I think. I, okay. That said, I haven't listened since he moved to Spotify. You know, I want to find out what this is, but I read something briefly and I didn't get into the article. But... I, this, like, if you ever had to show someone, like, <laughs> what's Joe Rogan about? You'd just be like... You know, I want to find out what this is, but I read something briefly and I didn't get into the article. That's like, that's it. That's high. I like Joe Rogan. That's, there you go. Yeah, that's those things definition. that intrigue me. Um, he, so he's going to start talking about, um, so th this is not true what he's talking about. And, and as soon as eventually he kind of finds out that it's not true and he's like mad that it isn't, but there's a lot of stopping points throughout. But they were saying <laughs> that they were trying to pass a bill that would outlaw you growing your own food mm -hmm. in Australia. Oh my God. Did you read that? What? It was a part of Australia. I think it was New South Wales. Someone was trying to pass a law that won't allow you to grow your own food. Oh and they were saying, well, you could grow your own food. No. Okay. Explain this accent to me. I know he knows where Australia is. What if the disease is from your food? It I infects the population, kills us all. Oh, we can that. have that. Oh, they pulled that deck hard. I want to know what what their justification was, but I'm pretty sure it had to do with like agricultural contamination or you know like. I mean, you could justify it if you're a real piece of shit. You could say, well, you know, most pandemics have come from agriculture. Is that Australian? Animal agriculture. Mm, we can't have true. unchecked <laughs> pig ownership. That's <laughs> not fair. I don't know. We can't if you grow on vegetables. What if your vegetables ever got in mm. them and diseases? <laughs> Fucking creeps, man. These fucking creeps, they, they got a good grip on people during the pandemic. So this is where, like, he, so he, he's like, hi, can I tell you how biased I am? They locked right, you right, right down in Australia, and then you know what? 
we got to stop these motherfuckers from growing their own food because that's how you fucking smoke out an anti-vaxxer. Yeah. Make, make, you can't even grow the, go to the grocery store anymore, and you can't grow your food. No, dependent. Take that shot, bitch. <laughs> Do you find anything? Meanwhile, none of this is true. This Bill. <laughs> I know what to look for. Wow. It's not, nothing is coming up. I miss Jamie. Uh, the closest thing I could find mm. was something like this. I don't. That's not New what food. No, it's not. Saying. It's I always not like Jamie. Jamie. It's in. Uh, it's in Australia. I know, but this is close. New Zealand is like right around the corner. Could okay, they, they, he, they didn't like this. Like they want, they want us completely dependent. Yeah, I can't find it either. Oh, Damn no. it. <laughs> Better not be fake. <laughs> Why? It might be fake. That's a good thing if it's fake. It, the, even if it's fake. Oh. Like, like, the fake is usually the warning. Ah, see, there's oh. always something you can hold on to, right? Where there's smoke, there's yeah. fire, people. Yeah. Um, hey, why don't we come back and we'll make fun of the political left. Uh, we got to talk about this shooting in Buffalo and the whole replacement theory um media's role and you know, we wouldn't be doing a show if we didn't talk about a little bit of ukraine too uh you want to go get a beer and come back yeah absolutely all right man see you in Half a little time. bit yep all oh right, yeah drive safe this is the b-side of our platter sports fans and i'm singing just for you covered in sequins <laughs> In the canyons of your mind I will wander through your brain To the ventricles of your heart, my dear I'm in love with you Hey, Mexicota isn't a real thing, right? Uh, not that I'm aware of, no. Okay, there isn't like an old map where it's like Mexico that goes all the way up to... That's a different map, right? That's like... That's a different shape. Because it's like a map of Mexico, but then it goes into like New Mexico and maybe Colorado, but it doesn't keep going, right? No, I don't think so. Mexicota just sounds like a thing, though. It does sound nice. I bet uh, they have great nachos. Probably... Mm. Oh, because of the cheese? No, that's Milwaukee. That's Wisconsin. I don't okay. know. <laughs> Mexico. Okay. Does it look like the Louisiana Purchase? But like, Yeah. Yeah, inverted. that's what's in my head. Oh, that's what it was. It was Louisiana Purchase. <laughs> that's what I've been thinking of. Oh, thank God. Oh, okay. It was like a nightmare. It was like Mexico is not a thing, right? <laughs> yeah, I think we solved that mystery. <sighs> Louisiana Purchase. Do you know Lewis and Clark died? Lewis, oh, I told you about that. We talked about that. Yeah. yeah. In person. Mm. <clears throat> Wait, that wasn't on the show? No. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's why you were out here. Yeah, the uh, Meriwether Lewis? Clark. Maybe it was oh, Clark. Oh, that was in person. I yeah, yeah. He died at a place here, nearby called Natchez Trace. He hadn't finished any of his journals of the of the journey. And uh, he was like paranoid, suspicious. He was probably depressed, uh, most likely depressed. Shot himself twice and then died from his wounds later. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's uplifting. Um, that's the, uh, the subtext of history you rarely hear about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people didn't really care about what they did. It, there was like, like a half a generation later, people were like, hey, we're like into this whole thing called Manifest Destiny now, because that wasn't a thing either. And they're like, so these guys kind of created that. And uh, there was sort of like a revival on what they did. But it wasn't for like maybe 15 or 20 years after they had come back. 
because they were supposed to find like the Northwest Passage, right? And they didn't. Right. So there wasn't because there wasn't one exist. to find. Yeah, and well, yeah. that was kind of a failure. I mean, they, you know, they, and then they had hoped to connect to other river river systems to shorten the journey, and that didn't work out. Um, but they acted like that didn't mean anything. Like I guess we just failed then. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, well, let's get back into this. Let's make fun of the political left here. Um, what do I have first? Oh, I have, uh, according to Barack Obama, someone who was too short and too gay to be president. There's a more superficial political pattern that I think has driven some of the politics of the behavior of uh, people like these people in Florida that don't say gay bill. This is Mayor Pete. Tra- trans- oh, I have a question for you. Okay. Do you think that Pete Buttigieg identifies as trans? Portation secretary? Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. And that is... Even he's upset. When all you have is a hammer, everything starts to look like a culture like war. Like a nail. No, culture war. Listen, oh. So oh, they all laughed. You, you, you got a political faction Real knee that really doesn't have a lot of answers for many of the questions that people are wrestling with. They love talking about gas prices, but they don't have an answer on gas prices. They don't have an answer on inflation. Don't have a great answer on taxes. Actually want to raise taxes for the poor. That's a new one. I, I thought I'd seen it all. <laughs> Not um, a new one. <laughs> then I saw Senator Scott's proposal to raise taxes for the poor. Um, that's not great territory for them to be debating on. So what do they do? They find somebody vulnerable and pick on them. I mean, I pick on him for those mouth noises. Uh, yeah, oops. I keep meaning to make fun of the left here, but this one, that, God damn it, that one should have gone in the making fun of the right. Only reason <laughs> I kept it here, though, is because that came out either this week or the week before that, uh, yeah, Obama had said that he was too short and gay to be president. I hadn't heard that, but I, everything I don't think that he said he too is... gay, but I think he said he's too short and him being gay made him a bad candidate. But everything he said, he said in the clip. I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah. I agree with all that. Well, like, okay. it, except for the part where he said that's a new one to raise taxes on the poor. Right, that was part, part of the 2017 tax. That's not, the, not new. Yeah, the new tax plan that Trump pushed through was it, it increased taxes on the poor, but conveniently not until after the 2018 election. Yeah, that was Dang. pretty brilliant, actually. Yeah, it was pretty brilliant. Uh, oh, <laughs> I really, okay, don't worry. We are making fun of the left here. Um, okay. this is Kamala and I, oh. I, she's giving a really thoughtful and encouraging and uplifting and heartfelt. You can really tell this is heartfelt. That is especially true when it comes to the climate crisis, which is why we will work together and continue to work together to address these issues, to tackle these challenges and to work together as we continue to work Operating Together. from the new norms, <laughs> rules, and agreements that we will convene to work together yeah. on to galvanize <laughs> global action. With that, I thank you all. Together. This is a matter of urgent priority for all of us. Let's work and together. I know we will work on this together. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was like the, the meow game where it's like, mm, you're only at nine. And she's like, together. <laughs> It's like when you have to like stretch it. You have like a word count on an assignment, and you have to yeah, just stretch just sentences out. Yeah, right, right. Oh fuck, man! It's, hey, you know what, Alan? It's nice to do this podcast together with you. It is. It's yeah. nice to work together. Together, Justin. yeah. Together. We can work together more often. <laughs> um, this is Nancy Pelosi, and she is not talking about together. This is her on Fox. 
just missing the point of her responsibility for shit. In addition to all of this, we have to subject these companies to some scrutiny about the safety of this and and how it, we got to a place where we have babies crying in our country because they're hungry yeah. and the shelves are bare. We have then, to fill them immediately. She's talking about the the baby formula baby shortage. Formula, yeah. yeah, as if they, as if they haven't okay, as if they haven't had control of the White House, Senate, and House for the last two years, and had control of the House for what four years now. Like, there's only two fucking games in town, bitch. Like, you have at least half of the responsibility for this. You can't be like, I guess we'll figure out how this happened. It's like either there's nothing you have that you've done that's responsible for it, nothing you can do, or but, but like if if you have anything you can do, you, yeah, go look in the fucking mirror. Like maybe, and you know what? Maybe your stock advisor didn't tell you to invest in formula, so you didn't know that that was something that was going to be a need soon. I don't like her. <laughs> I don't have a lot of response to that. I, yeah, I, I, I'm aware of the crisis, and I, I, you know, I think they need to fix it. The CDC, I think, came out today and said that uh, children six months and older can just be fed whole whole cow's milk instead of formula, and they're okay with that. Um, <clears throat> Has that always been true? I, like, is that better I, now? I don't know. Like, I, I can only imagine it would suck to be a parent. And that'd be a great way to find out your kid's lactose intolerant. Like have to fucking like call around to all the stores around you to find out if there's formula. Yeah. Like that's, that's gotta suck. Yeah. Uh, what about the old tit though? <clears throat> What's that? What about the old tit? Right, right, right. Um, I mean, sometimes it doesn't work out, mm-hmm. uh, but dude, what is this fucking Soviet union? Like, well, aren't there, there are like certain bans on imports too, right? I, I think primarily it's been that some places have been shut down for health mm-hmm. uh, or safety reasons, and they're working to get those back up. But uh, the fact that we got here this quickly and nobody saw it coming and tried to do anything to mitigate it is bullshit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't talk about it on the show very much, but I have a lot of anxiety about just the next six months, year. Like, I I really get the feeling that like we're enjoying this and this is fun right now, but there's a really good chance that we'll look back on these days very quickly and wish that we could just have another one of these days again because I I just don't I don't see things going very well. But I, I see food well, shortages. I think this is just a harbinger of more to come. I think we're definitely headed for a recession. Um, you can have a recession, that. or you can have out of control inflation. You really can't have neither. Yeah, no, I think we're headed for a recession for sure. And I think that uh, based on everything that's happening worldwide and the fact that we are a a global, you know, the supply chain is global at this point, um, that we're going to have a lot of severe impacts. It's not going to be good for a while. I think there will be people that will be fine. You know, they're going to come through just okay. But uh, for a lot of us or a lot of people, it's it's not going to be great. But don't you feel like we're like one unforeseen catastrophe away from it all just completely falling apart? No, oh, man. I mean, look look at these uh, stable coins, right? And the fact that um, what Tether is um, mostly uh, made stable by being able to back it based on corporate debt. So. It owns corporate debt, and it uses that to cash out anybody who wants to cash out, or it's part of what of, of how Tether is financed, right? To to be considered a 
almost like a bank, right? Like a mm-hmm. like the, that you can actually cash it out. Now I'm, I'm saying that poorly, but you are following me a little bit, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so corporate debt is part of their major way of saying like, no, this coin's like got some value behind it. Um, but they aren't completely transparent. Like I would never invest in this. Like I, they're, 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 I wouldn't feel comfortable that it truly is what they say it is because there's no transparency into their like secret sauce. And that's exactly how Ponzi schemes work. Like they, like if there's any kind of a run on that coin, it's gone. Like, and, and, and again, I can't keep saying the phrase corporate debt on purpose because that's terrifying to me that that's part of how that coin is seen as something that is like reliable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Uh, I mean, so the fed came out and said they're going to cut rates again by, or not cut their raise, gonna raise rates again by another half percent, okay. not three quarters, but half, which is still another long. half, another half, yeah, not three quarters another, to this. Just, okay. Uh-huh. Um, and the you know they're the to your point they're they are going to have to drive the economy into the ground to stop this inflation that's the only way to do it um and <laughs> I, I there's there's just no way it doesn't become a recession and there's no way that a lot of people aren't adversely affected by that that's just it just needs to happen quickly it needs to you know they're they i want to rip the band-aid off as quickly as possible yeah here. yeah 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 well, um, this wouldn't be easy to transition to regardless. So let's move into our big stories for the week. The biggest story was on Saturday. There was a nudge, another tragic shooting, this time in Buffalo, New York. Uh, I have an opening sound by our president talking about it. I think in a this will be a good scene setter for it. In America, evil will not win, I promise you. Hate will not prevail. And white supremacy will not have the last word. Manifesting gunmen who massacred innocent people in the name of hateful and perverse ideology rooted in fear and racism by a hate-filled individual who had driven 200 miles to carry out a murderous, racist rampage. What happened here is simple and straightforward. Terrorism. Terrorism domestic terrorism, violence inflicted in the service of hate and the vicious thirst for power that defines one group of people being inherently inferior to any other group. A hate that through the media and politics, the internet, has radicalized, angry, alienated, lost, and isolated individuals into falsely believing that they will be replaced, that's the word, replaced by the other, by people who don't look like them and who are therefore in a perverse ideology that they possess and being fed lesser beans. I, I know he didn't say being fed lesser beans, but it sounded like just a quick little comic blurry. Sorry about that. I and all of you reject the lie. I call on all Americans to reject the lie. And I condemn those who spread the lie for power, political gain, and for profit. That's what it is. So I couldn't help but think when that happened that, you know, there's been, this isn't the first big shooting. This isn't the first, you know, mass shooting. That's the phrase. Um, And it, you know, I think that 
about six years ago, we probably heard responses like that. And then about two years ago, there was a four year gap where it would just kind of happen and almost be not mentioned. And if it was, um, you know, like at a synagogue or, you know, at a black church, um, not a lot of aggressive uh, condemnation in that way. I'm sure that the media probably didn't love sharing clips of Trump saying things like that. I'm just saying he had plenty of opportunities to make a really impactful speech saying something along those lines. And he wouldn't, he would hedge, you know, and even, even in his best example after Charlottesville, where he said very fine people on both sides and like immediately after said, I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis or the, or the racist. You know what? You don't say it in a manner where you have to say that in the next sentence and people can quote you out of context for five years. Like that's on you for saying it that way. There's a good example on how you can condemn it. And now he, I'll let you talk. I'm sorry. He was talking about the, uh, you know, the concept of replacement, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we're not going to be the first podcast where you hear this on, but since then there's been a huge focus on this great replacement theory. So, um, and the, and the people that are spreading it and talking about it, uh, it's not something new to me or you, it's not something new, probably to most of our listeners. Um, it is probably something new that you hear referenced this frequently. And that's because we don't want to talk about it. I don't want to give any credence to it. I'm not going to come on here and be like, well, let's talk about this whole great replacement theory because I don't want it to be something attached to me that I, cause I don't believe in it. I don't believe that it's something that, um, really needs is, is a valid discussion to have. Right. Um, but let's hey, talk. Let me just, let me just yeah, jump in for like sure. two seconds. Yeah, All of right. course. So a couple things you said. So, um, so you were saying that, that Trump really had an opportunity to probably speak to these people and, and, and say something that maybe might have resonated and he chose not yeah. to do so. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. And I think he had the platform and he had, they would, li- they would have listened. Uh, yeah. and he chose not to do that. And that that's cause he, cause he knew it would not be politically beneficial to him. It wouldn't be politi- politically expedient for him. I, I mean, I mean, he uh, went out on, he went out on a limb and banned bump, banned bump stocks and it pissed a lot of people off, like, which is a great example, right? Like if that's how upset they got over that, like imagine if he was, you know, actually yeah. making statements like this. So, so this shooter had um, additional weapons in his vehicle, apparently with uh, he had a truck slogan, gun slogans on them that said like "white people, white lives matter." Mm. Um, he had posted multiple things on social media, including where he asked the question, "Am I a white supremacist?" and then said, "I guess I am." Uh, you know what's weird? Elderly abuse. No, there there are people oh. in Danville, uh-huh. like which is like not far from me protesting yeah. this last weekend with white people matter or white lives matter. Oh, wow. Great banners. timing, buddy. And I'm like, what the, f-? oh, and by the way, they're wearing masks. Cause you know, okay. they're so concerned about that. Masks uh, for health or masks for their face? Yeah. Their face to hide their identity. I think so. Wasn't that what the clan was about? You think, okay. yeah, pretty much. Okay. Anyways, uh, so yeah, this is horrific, uh, and you know apparently this guy who uh, did these shootings last weekend had staked the place out. He intended to to hit racial minorities primarily. Wait, black he'd people. staked that place out. So, yeah, yeah. And, so how did he stake? It? I mean, it's two hundred miles from his house. I didn't realize he, he that. had been he had been to the supermarket multiple times uh-huh. and staked it out, and was looking to to kill minorities primarily. Okay. Um. So yeah, it's it's it sucks and it's horrific, and I. Yeah, I guess we'll get into the next part. Well, yeah, let's get into so the the most vocal and 
biggest microphone to use that phrase, the great replacement theory, uh, has been Tucker Carlson by means of him being the most successful late night. Uh, was it not late night? What's cable it? Uh, news cable host. news host. Yeah. So here's a few clips of him. Um, which, well, no. here's, here's a few clips of him spitting out a lot of that. And it's, it's, it's hilarious because afterwards, you know, he, he basically said last night, he's like, what, what, what even is racism? I've never even heard of it. It's like, well, we have your tapes. It's been banned since 1964. An unrelenting right? stream of immigration. <laughs> but why? Well, Joe Biden just said it to change the racial mix of the country. That's the reason, to reduce the political power of people whose ancestors lived here and dramatically increase the proportion of Americans newly arrived from the third world. <laughs> and then Biden went further. He said that non-white DNA is the, quote, source of our strength. Imagine saying that. This is the language of eugenics. Okay, so that's not what Biden said. So in the clip that it's he's referring to, yeah, Biden, what, so this was, so he was playing a clip. So this is about a year old video, I believe. And he was playing a clip from 2015 where Obama had put together a symposium um, to like, because there'd been a lot of, of um, what, shootings, shootings that were like at synagogues, racially, motivated, motivated, racially yeah. motivated. There we go. And, and they and and he had said on it, he said that, so this is Biden's quote that he's taking out of context. He said that uh, folks like me who were Caucasian of European descent for the first time in 2017 will be an absolute minority in the United States, an absolute minority. Fewer than 50 percent of the people in America from then and on will be white European stock. That's not a bad thing. That's a source of strength. And and so now this is how Tucker phrases that is the quote source of our strength. He said that non-white DNA is the, quote, source of our strength. And then he has Imagine the ball to say that. that's eugenics. This is the language of eugenics. No, your it's language horrifying. is the language of eugenics. But there's a reason yeah. by His it. was the language of hopefulness that people can recognize that we're all related. Like, we're all, like, there is... Uh, said it. In political terms, this policy is called the Great Replacement, the replacement of legacy Americans with more obedient people. Legacy Americans is a phrase that is a way of diluting this type of speak so that you could say it not on an internet chat board from far away yeah, country. Yeah, before, I mean, so so this this is not new. Legacy Americans is not a fucking phrase I've ever heard other than no. from him. And That's not what I'm saying. I know, I'm just saying that though. Okay, I'm saying like, so so when the Irish came to America, yeah, they were they were replacing people too, and yeah. the people said that. Yeah. And when the Italians came, it was the same, and they were white people. Like like this is this is not back then. They they would talk. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not joking. They no, would say, I'm, I know. They would not. say uh, they would say there was like blacks and Italians and other forms of Negroes. Like I've right. like that was written down. No, but the, but what I'm saying is this is just a progression of, uh -huh. of that same okay. dialect. That's not this. We've been this has been here forever. Yeah, it feels cyclical. It feels like there's no progress. It feels like we are inevitably back in these corners, uh, and and the corners are, make no sense, uh, and they're always. Well, it's like what Biden said in his speech where he said at the end, he's like, these are things that are being manipulated by people, you know, to get ratings and to, yeah. you know, of course. Yeah. The, no, they're, they're profiting from the division that they sell. Right. Right. Well, here's another example of Tucker talking about it, but you know, we, we haven't really talked about what this is, I guess. So the great replacement theory, first of all, 
just because some French asshole labeled it the great replacement theory doesn't mean we have to include the word great every time we fucking talk about it. <laughs> it's not great. Like, we can Sorry. just call it the replacement theory. Like, like, or not call it anything at all. No, I'm just saying, like, if someone's going to start spreading it and we have to refer to it, we don't have yeah. to give it the word that makes it better. Like, you don't have to, like, be like, right. oh, yeah, because that makes it sound like there's something to it. If you say replacement right. theory, you just immediately go, like, the fuck are you talking about? Great replacement theory. What is that? Like, some kind of secret? Th- you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. It, hits, it yeah. just hits differently, as the kids say. I'm laughing because this is one of about 10 stories that I know you've covered um, where the government shows preference to people who have shown absolute contempt for our customs, our laws, our system itself, and they're being treated better than American citizens. Now, I know that the left and all the little gatekeepers on Twitter become literally hysterical if you use the term replacement, if you suggest that the Democratic Party is trying to replace the current electorate, the voters now casting ballots, with new people, more obedient voters from the third world. Can I just pause and say that's not how math works? Like, this isn't a fucking nightclub where there's, like, a like an occupancy limit. Like, you can have more of something, and guess what? Is this why they're, ban- they're banning abortion, so that there can be more, like, because... Okay. According to data more white people just because that is the more affluential demographic have have abortions shockingly i know that none of the racists want to accept this than black people or poor black people or however you want to fucking phrase that where i don't feel icky about it um is their goal to use the ban on abortion to increase the population population of white people like there's no way that that's all tied into it now i'm getting too conspiratorial I, I hadn't gone there. I have no idea. Also, am I okay keeping that in the show? Yeah. You think so? Yeah, I'm fine with it. All right. But they be- Yeah, but am I fine with it? Oh. I didn't say anything bad, right? I didn't I say, like, so. poor black people, or I didn't assume black people were poor. That was in my own head. <laughs> no. Not like the Ben Shapiro thing. Right, that's week. what I was worried about, yeah. Yeah, no. Okay, all right, so. cool, cool. become hysterical because that's, that's what's happening, actually. Let's just say it. That's mm. true. Mm. If, if, mm. if this were new people, more obedient voters from the third world, but they become hysterical because that's that's rude too. He says so, like new people, more obedient voters from the third world. Also, Mexico isn't the fucking third world. Like we've covered this so many times on this show. Like, and okay, but anyways, so they're saying that they that they are bringing in voters that are more obedient because of why? Because they're not white, right? Like there's racism implied in just the casualness of this. That's what's 100%. happening, actually. Let's just say it. That's mm. true. If if look if this was happening in your house if you were in sixth grade for example and without telling you your kid your parents adopted a bunch of new siblings and gave them brand new bikes and let them stay up later and help them with their homework and gave them twice the allowance that they gave you because that's what's happening Alan Mm, can you respond to that like you tend to find the more nuanced angles on dumb shit like that. (laughs) Oh God, there's there's is that what's happening? Is our like is 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 are our parents the government in that scenario? Because again, I don't need a daddy in the government. I need to be left alone. I just like my dad. Going <laughs> <laughs> out for smokes. I mean, no, I, it's it's all it's all a fallacy, right? Like yeah. it's all it, none of it makes any sense. Um, but it doesn't have to because it makes emotional sense. And that's certain people. That's the problem, right. though. And, well, well, I guess here. Let me address that. Then. 
because I can address that. Okay. Okay. So I I do feel like there there and I said this after uh, Trump won in twenty sixteen. One. Um, <laughs> I have been to places, uh, more rural areas in in my state and other states. Um, and I've seen poverty, and I've seen the way people have reacted to the political situation who are mostly uninformed. And I don't say that pejoratively. Uh-huh. Um, and there is a real... I think the, I think the thing that, that, Trump, that Trump tapped into that nobody else understood in 2016 and leading up to that election was that there was a real disconnect between a large segment of our population who just really felt left behind, who really people in the Rust Belt, people in other areas like that, uh-huh. who just really, really felt left behind. And it was very easy for those people to identify with racial reasons for that to be happening. Um, well, especially when a lot of the things that were happening was black president, gay marriage, like sh- things right. were moving fast for maybe right. their sensibilities. Especially, but that's not the same thing, right? Like, just because they came from poverty doesn't mean that they were against those things. That was a bad assumption to me. No, but 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 there 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 definitely was, and 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 they were the they were the unheard voice in the electorate, right? Mm -hmm. Like they were the people that didn't bother to come out for the most part. Um, And Trump tapped into that for whatever fucking reason. This guy who espoused himself to be a multimillionaire with golden toilets and all that Uh shit appeal to these people because they felt like there was some sort of promise there right like like if he can do it maybe i can be there at some point right and he was rough and he was he didn't give a fuck about all the normal social norms and that appealed to those people and i when i say those people again i don't i don't mean that pejorative no but i mean i've I've worked with those guys like i know like they say that thing they say they say that exact thing without the poverty even though they're just like I don't know. I wasn't political, but I, you know, I could tell that, you know, he was like me. Right. Exactly. And, but that, but and it was not just here, right? That that's happened in the UK. That's uh-huh. happened in other places right. in Europe, yeah. Hungary, whatever. Right. Uh, it just happened in the Philippines. Right. Well, again. <laughs> and so, so that we have to deal with that. And, and I don't, I think the, the the problem is that it gets connected to all these other things, like the replacement theory that Tucker talks about, which is bullshit. Um, it it gets connected to it's bullshit, identity. but that's what this guy cites. Like, I mean, we're it, talking it, about this because this guy cited that as his reason, right? No, I get it. I get it. I'm saying it gets connected to identity politics. It gets connected to all these other uh-huh. things that are extraneous that don't that aren't really the root of the problem. Um, and and all that the media focuses on is just like 10 feet above all of that. And so all that just lives underneath sort of, uh, sort of festering. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and if we're going to ever make progress as a country, as a people, fuck as a globe, like we got to deal with that shit. And, and I don't, I'm not saying I have the answers for how we deal with it, but, but yeah, but even the way rhetoric, we, this, this rhetoric is the easy way. Yeah. Yeah. But the rhetoric from the other side is not helpful either. Right. Like I I saw on Twitter people saying like this was going around. You probably saw it, too. Uh, The three legs of the the three legged stool of the Republican Party is abortion, guns and racism. And I'm like, 
they actually have other things that they care about besides that. But these are the three things that upset you the most and you're labeling them as that. And that's just, that's not helpful. Like it's just, an, I mean, you can make great points using that argument, but you're not going to encapsulate literally the average voter on the other side. And you're going to continue to misunderstand them. Just like they call you a baby killer as opposed to someone who wants to have choice. Right? Like it's the way we frame our opponents. Right. Actually, speaking of that and like misframing our opponents and maybe double standards or not, not truly representing things accurately. I, I have been struggling with this. I actually hope we can work through something here. So it, is there anything like a double standard or a conversation to be had about like anti-white wackadoos that drive a car, I don't know, through a Christmas parade in Wisconsin or like that one guy that shot up a subway station in New York that was the biggest fucking news that have ever happened until we found out he was white and just said, oh, that was just a crazy guy. Guess we don't care about that anymore. Like, the, the, did I say found out he was white? Found out he wasn't white. Like, mm -hmm. the, like the, there, it feels like, and I feel like it's very, it's not a very intellectual statement or sophisticated statement, but it feels like there is some substance to the fact that we'll talk about shootings when they fit the racist MO and we don't talk about shootings or mass killing events when it's a minority that did it, even when that minority is saying somewhat inflammatory things as well in their social posts. In fact, like you get called a bigot for pointing it out. And I will for having said that, like, is there a conversation to be had about that? Like I recognize that I'm not making the more, like I said, more sophisticated argument of that, that I would prefer to, but hopefully a conversation can get to that. I, I think there's a conversation to be had about everything. Um, I, I, there's always a conversation to be had. I don't know that, um, that that particular conversation necessarily goes anywhere productive, but, but, but I, I there's always a conversation to be had. So like, what are you saying that like, it just sounds like since there is kind of a narrative to be had about the right wing and guns when the story fits that it will get told more in the media as opposed to a narrative that doesn't really catch on well and work, you know, <clears throat> work to fill time on CNN. That's a story that by nature will get less airtime. Like it's less interesting. I mean, I think that that story got plenty of airtime. I don't know that you're saying it was dismissed because, because he wasn't white. Well, the guy that drove through a bunch of people in Milwaukee, mm-hmm that guy had po posted a bunch of like racist shit about white people and then drove through a fucking what? It wasn't a farmer's market. I don't know. White. That's the, that's part of the problem, right? I mean, I think it's it is. Basic. Yeah, I think it is, but or like Cho, right? Cho at Virginia tech, he's an Asian guy. And like when that happened, I remember being a white guy being like, okay, I'm not going to use the word or the phrase. I, Oh, thank God does not quite summarize how I feel right now. But at that point, there was only white kids shooting up schools. And when that turned out to not be a white kid, I was like, you know, I just it's it's nice to just sit this one out in terms of the beating that I get from people saying like, oh, of course, white people shooting up schools like it, it's not a com comfortable conversation to be had. But it it is weird that these things tend to happen from white people. Yes. But when they're not, they don't get talked about very much. It, even when they have 
racist opinions too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to turn around and say that there's, you know, the biggest name on cable news saying that this person's way of thinking or encouraging ultimately this person's way of thinking, but I don't know if that matters. Like, I feel like that's important to say, like, this is a disgusting point of view that this person had that was also a murderer. I wish that we could just remove all of those labels from any of those conversations. You know, I wish that we could. Well, in this one, we can't like, he's telling us he's killing black people because he thinks that white people are being pushed out. Like, I get that. So is that why? Like it. Well, that that yeah, that becomes part of the the narrative, and that's impossible to sure. Dis- and it should be though. Separate from. And it, it should, should be. be though. But it seems like but, it should be when a guy says he hates white people and drives into a crowd. I yeah no I I guess. But in that case, we're like, well, he's just a crazy person. Well, you know, this guy identifies himself as a left populist and is opposed to conservatives because he calls them corporatists. This guy turns out crazy people don't fit into narratives like this one works with a narrative we have. And I and I believe that it's something to be concerned about. Like, I wouldn't have sat here and played clips of Tucker Carlson for no fucking reason. Like, I think that that leads to this. I don't think that it's Tucker Carlson's fault that this guy shot someone. But, you know, here, let, let, let's play. We've got this is the clip show, right? Yes, it is. Um, let's play this clip from the New York Times sort of summarizing a lot of this. There are many people who are very worried about what the country will be if people who look like them don't dominate it numerically, aren't the default. And there are many people who are upset and who feel that there are too many people coming into the country illegally. That's the emotional wellspring of all of this. And versions of replacement, whether the extreme version that you saw in the manifesto from the Buffalo gunman or the sanded down version that still calls itself replacement theory. They're all downstream of that fear and they're all harnessing it. In right. Different so, ways. so like that, that I is think, something that's different here. Right. And obviously like, that's the point on this one is that there is a discussion going on, on mainstream media. That's like the sanded down version. Like he's saying the light, you know, we're not saying that, you know, we're not saying this in a super racist way. And in fact, you're kind of a dick to, to point that out. Like that's, that's the response. If you try to say Tucker's a racist, right? Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. And, and, and what he's saying is that makes it more palatable so that when you are later on, on a chat group or maybe a coworker says something and you're like, Oh, what's that mean? And you, you kind of get indoctrinated into the more extreme version of it because Tucker sort of softened that for you. Right. He enabled it. Enabled it. Sure, sure, sure. But, it is not his fault directly. And, and that, that brings up other issues, right? Like freedom of speech, right? Like Tucker Carlson last night said, what is hate speech? Well, it's speech that our leaders hate. No, that's not true. That's a way you tell a lie when you run a show where you just talk to one person and that's your audience. Like, like, cause that's his style. Is he like, it, you feel like he's talking to one person when you watch that show. Right. So it's like, oh yeah, Tucker. Yeah, that's right. Tucker said it's hate speech is what our leaders hate. That's not what hate speech is. It's not what that is. Yeah, no, like it's, it's much easier to understand than that. Like, like we don't have to talk about things that have been like codified as hate speech. It's just hate speech is when you speak hatefully and you do things motivated by hate. Like now it's well, still free. I, it's still freedom of speech ab- though. Right. Like, 
uh, unfortunately, freedom of speech is tolerating hate speech. And hopefully it doesn't get magnified by the biggest host on TV, which is why this is so frustrating. I'm not willing to absolve Tucker of uh, saying things like he said. No, I agree. Those, yeah. Or stoking those fires. And so here's the thing about free speech. And we talk about free speech mm-hmm. a lot on this show. Free speech means that you're allowed to say whatever you're allowed, you want to say. And the government isn't going to put you in prison because you said it. Right. That, that, that does not mean that there are not consequences yeah. for what you say. And I, I think that there should be consequences for saying things like he has said uh that's the that rhetoric is is spiteful it's hateful and, and it's not in any way useful for anything other than promoting him himself personally though right like right. it's very exactly. useful it's very useful well it's not useful for for moving the conversation right. forward as a as a country or an electorate or whatever you want to call us. But like the lack of awareness of people like like not you. Listener, your dad, this is who your dad's watching. <laughs> like like because young people aren't watching Tucker. It's their demographic is like 50 plus. So like mm-hmm. your your dad likes likes that guy. That is someone that your dad watches. Like Right. Like that's that is a successful like that that is successfully being memed out into our culture uh and you know, he's, he, he, what he, he's doing is sort of just blurring the lines blurring the lines blurring the lines moving it a little bit further to the right a little bit further to whatever right whatever direction you want to call it he's he just continues to push the edge right push the envelope until things that were completely unacceptable to say even a year ago now seem totally fine and that's yeah. just what he's doing yeah um, you know, when I was looking up a clip of Tucker, the algo opened this up instead. Like I saved a link from a story and it, that's probably what happened. I saved a link from a story and the story expired. And then when I opened it up, the Instagram, um, just put up a different equally mm-hmm. in and what, what's it all about time on site, right? They were like, well, this will piss him off. Uh, <laughs> guess who this is? By 2045, the nation will be less than 50% white. True? DeSantis? Correct. Hmm. Right now in Texas, uh, the Latino population is about 39, 40% of the population. Whites are about 41% of the population. Uh, Demographers project that by 2022, uh, Latinos will become the largest uh, racial or ethnic group in the state of Texas. Yet when we talk about politics, um, there is a significant lag period here with respect to uh, um, demographic strength uh, translating to political power but having said that but having said that if the current alignments maintain themselves meaning those groups that tend to vote for each party and that party's candidates long term the gop's got a problem that's the bottom line that's how i apply your demographic information to the current all right what network is that from (laughs) uh i'm cnn is that CNN? That was for CNN, yeah, from like okay. four years ago. So that was just the internet being an outrage machine, being like, oh, yeah, you think only Tucker Carlson talks about this? No, you're right. It isn't just Tuck- Tucker. It's Elise Stefanik. It's Tucker Carlson. It's Laura Ingraham, Ann Coulter, Matt Gates. Like, this is a problem, and it tends to concentrate on the right. And I put that clip out of context. They were talking about how um, the average... I, I cut out a piece in the middle where the guest was like, yeah, the... Um, 
the average age of Latinos in Texas were under 18 or like 30% are under 18. So in fact, you haven't seen this voting block really express itself. Um, but that's really not important. That was just a fun. Yeah, but there's gotcha also thing. an assumption that just because you're Latino that you're going to vote a certain eh, way. Exactly. True. Yeah. Actually, hold on. I, I skipped this clip. I want to play it. Okay. I think the notion that like a browner country will necessarily be more democratic, a, a country with more immigrants will necessarily be more democratic. It speaks to this like insecurity among Republicans that you would think they wouldn't want to draw attention to. Like, are you really telling me you can't convince Venezuelan immigrants to vote Republican? Because if not, right. that's embarrassing. <laughs> right. Like, just like go home and hang it up. So, you know, I think there's there's sort of many steps in the Great Replacement Theory and each of them has a mistake in it. And, you know, I think it it conflates the very simple fact that at this moment, Democrats do better with immigrants um, with a much broader and more complex picture, both of what's actually going on and what could be going on in the future. Um, let's I mean, that I think that was like a good response to that whole. No, that was 100 percent well said. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, Catherine Mangu Ward on the Reason Roundtable. Highly recommend subscribing to the Reason Roundtable. She kind of said what I said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I keep trying to scroll through the sheet, but I'm on the, uh, sounds folder. That's not important to listeners. The, <laughs> let, you know what? Let's play this. I think this is a good time to play this. So when, remember how I told you that algo sent me to the wrong thing? I had to go yeah. search for what I was really looking for. Um, Monday morning, this was making the rounds on the conspiracy webs a lot. It's basically, well, you knew it. Alex Jones called it just like we all knew he did. They're going to attack a minority church or college or grocery store, some type of minority gathering. And or a massive white supremacist attack they stage. That's all the pre-programming in the media. So you know it's coming. And you're going to be bad because you were a Republican voter, period. That's how they intend to do this is connect the Republican Party to white supremacism and the Second Amendment to it. That's how they're pushing for violence and preparing real false flags. Not just guys dressed up like white nationalists. Can I just pause it and say, he didn't have to shoot up a school for us to say that Tucker Carlson, or a supermarket, to say that Tucker Carlson talking about the replacement theory was a racist thought. I didn't want to talk about it on my podcast because I didn't want to come on here and talk about the dumb idea Tucker decided to turn his show into. <laughs> Fair. Also, I don't have to play the rest of this clip. So you can see where he's going, right? It's, it's, I can see where he's going. Um, so, yeah, there's a problem with this. They were all short clips of Alex Jones. Of course, the only way you could be like, well, Alex Jones called it is when you take a bunch of clips of him out of context because he didn't say one complete thought at any one point that said this in a way that didn't have a bunch of tangents that you could say, well, actually, that assumption is this. And if you take that assumption out of this, you're cherry picking this information. No, you can catch the beginning, middle and end from three different points and be like, see, that's what Alex Jones told us the whole way. And yeah, he says like a 100- hundred crazy things uh episode at least and i'm sure you can find one if you go back i mean there's some truth look, to any of the things work. it's where he takes it to that right. makes him so unpalatable sure another thing that i just while we're on this subject have you noticed these things seem to keep happening like so so this one was at a supermarket um there was one in california at a church uh, the sunday or monday 
and the but church it was sunday um and you know you think about these historically it's at a movie theater it's at a school um it, like i've said churches you know these tend to be places where people either expect there not to be violence or they're specifically gun-free zones i mean these people are cowards they're not going somewhere where someone is actually going to challenge them now i understand they have an objective they're not going to go somewhere where they think they'll die but there there is something to interpret from that information and not ignore they are going to places where they expect people to not be armed. That you can work that backwards and say, okay, well, I should arm myself. And then I don't have to worry about being a victim in these situations as much. I'm, I'm not saying anybody died because they should have been armed. I'm saying that we, the response to this, I don't necessarily think should be to make these the gun restrictions that everyone's calling for because these were areas that I mean, they have a sticker at that grocery store. I promise you it says no guns. It's New York. I mean, it's one of the most restrictive gun States in the union. Yeah. They probably don't bother having a sticker. Right. Uh, it's just right. accepted. Yeah, that's right. I'm used to the sticker from being out here. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to do with that. To be don't, I mean, it's a bomb. I shouldn't just drop it on you. It's tough to deal with. Right. Like I appreciate that's enough recognition that there's something to that. That's not like you don't dismiss that. Right. Like, there's something to that. It might not be flawless. I understand that, but like, I don't dismiss it. I, but I also, I've heard so many times from, from people who are very pro gun. And by the way, I'm not anti gun, yeah. uh, but I've heard so many times from people that are very pro gun of, you know, like if only there'd been a guy there with, with the gun, I, I don't know. Yeah, statistically, that doesn't seem to bear out. It doesn't right? really yeah. work out that yeah. well statistically. Well, that security guard there probably saved uh, a bunch of people's lives by protecting them, which is more you can say than that fucking security well, guard at that s- high school. Yeah, and we see we've seen it in lots of of these types of uh, situations where people do heroic things and end up, you know, oftentimes losing their lives but saving others. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get that the counter to that is, yeah, I just don't want to say when I go to a movie theater, I'm assuming everyone around me has a gun and gets in an argument with someone for talking in the movie and takes a gun out. Like, I get that. I get that. But again, like, we could wish for a politer society and, you know, strive for that. that you can't legislate these things. I, uh, I, don't, I don't have a very... Um, I, I don't have any solutions to this. <laughs> to this, to this. <laughs> Neither but, do I. But I will say this. I will say this. This is a very uniquely American problem. It really this, is, yeah. Uh, this doesn't happen in a lot of other countries, and and for for all that we cherish our freedoms and our abilities to to carry and own f- firearms, net net, it doesn't seem to be a positive. And and I so I don't know what to do with that. I don't know exactly what that means. I just know that mathematically it doesn't check out. No, I, I get you. And, and I, I actually agree with what you're saying. And I think you would also accept what I'm saying, which is, or what I would say to that, which is you can't undo the fact that they exist. Like if you outlaw tomorrow, they would all exist still. So that accepting both those things makes you kind of feel like, okay, well this is a lose, lose situation. I mean, it is fun to shoot guns. I do enjoy having them around. I mean, I have one. I just touched. I have one within arm's reach. I, I don't... know. I, I touched it last week. <laughs> That's weird. Um, <laughs> the, but, 
yeah, I, 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 when you say, you know, you don't feel like it's a net positive in comparison to countries that never had the same, because you said this is a uniquely American problem. Well, we have a uniquely, a unique relationship with guns in this country. Yes, and, um, perhaps that relationship's unhealthy. Um, Maybe. But this is like a divorce in the Catholic Church in like thirteen hundreds. Oh, so like you just can't separate it. Uh, can we speaking uh, of things that'll never end, can we move on to Ukraine? Let's let's we have you know, there's a lot to talk about with Ukraine. Do you have headlines about Ukraine and Russia? I do have Okay, some, we'll yeah. talk about it more on the Friday show. Um the we have a listener in, in Vietnam and he sent this in by the way, it's cool we have a listener in Vietnam. Right? Hello. Yeah. Hello, Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, th- so, well, um, his name is Hui. Hui. His, his name is Hui. Hui. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how else I like to, it. Yeah. Um, he sent this in. It was about, uh, this is the prime minister of Estonia. Okay. And it's, I, I think, I think you can hear, you can hear her fine in this one. The original audio, there was like, it was like a TikTok video. It starts off with that. This is the prime minister of Estonia. You know, that TikTok voice. I can't stand it. <laughs> uh, the voiceover, you know, mm-hmm. the, their Alexa. Um, anyway, this, and they had like a bunch of electronic music in the background. I had to go find the actual interview. She's talking about oh, negotiating the- with Russians uh, and a lesson she learned from the Soviet era. Demands Russia is threatening, uh, and now if we think that oh let's offer them something, then they actually get something that they didn't have before. And I've quoted this um, foreign minister Alexei Krimulko, uh, Soviet time foreign minister, several times. W- who said about the negotiation tactics of Soviet Union, mm-hmm. three things. First, demand the maximum. Do not ask, but demand something that has never been yours. So, so far, is this tracking is sounding familiar? Yeah, sounds familiar. Okay. Uh, second, uh, present ultimatums, you know, threaten. and. Th- okay, all right. Check. Mm-hmm. Okay. Third, Check. Do not give one inch in negotiations because there will be always people in the West who will offer you something. And then in the end, you will have one third or even one half of something you didn't have before. Mm-hmm. So we have to be keep that in mind all the time. Yeah. Well, what happens when you have one third less of your armored military than you had before? <laughs> that is problematic. That is problematic. That, that's pretty insightful, though, huh? It is. It I is mean, that at least seems to be the strategy. Is that uh, dismissive or to, uh, is that something Western pig dogs would think? <laughs> no, I think that's, that seems, that seems pretty, uh, pretty accurate. Well, that's it for my sounds, man. Uh, can I ask you? A those were good sounds. That I, that I thought, you know, I was proud of those sounds. Thanks. Uh, yeah. you know, thanks for bearing with me with the tough questions in the middle there. Like, yeah, of I, course. I don't, I don't necessarily think that, well, I don't want to hedge. I'll just leave it as it said. I said it. Okay. Yeah. And people come to hear me say things like that, even be a little vulnerable. Sure. What was that look? Sure isn't <laughs> confidence inspiring. <laughs> All right. Um, no, I think so. I think so. Good, good. Can I, uh, just a silly question we get out of here? Yes. I've please. got a business idea. Oh, is it grilled cheese inspired? Um, we can make it grilled cheese inspired, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, what, what was it? Three words. Re- mm. Reclining toilet seats. Oh, that sounds amazing. Right? Sometimes I just want to lay back and poop through a hole. Like, yeah, the wiping will be difficult, but that's what the shower's for. <laughs> That's why you have it at home, not in public. Well, you can incorporate it in a bidet. It'd be fine. Yeah. 
I don't know. I think if you line back, lean back a little too far, that's going to kind of go uphill. Ow. Yeah, you don't want that. Yeah. Yeah, you'll see. It's not that bad. <laughs> it's, uh... All right. God bless. Cheers. Cheers Josh. Come in the name of peace. I'm pooping right now. Is Kevin McCarthy a moron? And if so, why? Why would you say something that stupid? I come without explanations or solutions. I'm a very sexy lady. <laughs> Ted Cruz, go fuck yourself. Read the news. God bless the United States. Now this is podcasting.